I can remember when I was a child asking the question that most of us are probably asked in our religious formation. Where is heaven? The answer may seem obvious at first, but the reality is far from it. For instance, if heaven is a place, then why is death the necessary vehicle for arriving at such a destination? Does God perhaps withhold from us some special knowledge about its whereabouts? If God really desired us to be there with him, couldn't we just go there anytime we wanted? Is heaven in the sky or beyond? We could respond to all these inquiries with another more pertinent question. What is heaven? Scripture tells us, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Notice the language that St. Paul is using here in this passage. He recalls the bodily senses and the heart as the core of man's being. This means that the heavenly reality, currently inaccessible to our experience, encompasses the whole of man, his perception, his thoughts, his feelings. Heaven, then, is not a place, but a state of being. Think of it as the description of someone who is so immersed in God as to become totally united to him in every aspect of their life, even in the body. In the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception, we believe that Our Lady was conceived without original sin. Consequently, we believe she was preserved from all sin. It was by virtue of this singular privilege that God did not allow her body to suffer decay after her death, and so assumed her into heaven. But what does this actually mean in light of what we said earlier concerning the nature of heaven? Let us consider for a moment that Mary's entire person, mind, body, and soul, was so blessed by God as to be perpetually conformed to his will. So completely was she united to her creator that her very essence had become a vessel for the self-communication of the eternal Godhead. We know that God, who is pure spirit, cannot be contained in any one thing, place, or time. If heaven is not a place bound by space and time, then it is, in fact, a participation in God's own being. To become God, as the fathers of the Church have put it. Mary had already anticipated this future glory from the moment of her conception. However, the Paschal mystery had yet to be manifested. The fullness of the revelation of God could only be experienced with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Mary's bodily participation in God, like the resurrection of Jesus, was the final touch in what was otherwise already a masterpiece of creation. Even as woman was the crown of God's creation in Genesis, so Mary, the new Eve, is the end of the old order and the beginning of the new. She is the frame that surrounds the entire liturgical year, the instrument of the incarnation, and the first fruit of the resurrection. Our Lady, therefore, is not only an example for us to follow on the moral level, 
but she is also the eschatological icon of the divinization of man and the world in which he lives. The Assumption reminds us of the dignity of the human body in a culture which simultaneously degrades and exalts bodiliness and points to the harvest of souls when at the end of time mankind will be resurrected in a new and glorious earth. By accepting the will of God in all things, the Virgin Mary proved that heaven is not some distant place, far removed from this veil of tears. We have only to allow ourselves to be transformed by God from within, and so become like her, a tabernacle of the Lord. <laughs>